You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Welcome back to the Batuta Advocate radio show, recording live here in the Diamond Tuna Shire, not long till Christmas. Christmas parties are starting, spring carnivals, uh, you know, off and away. That, that's the start of all this shit, and it doesn't really end until late January. How are you going, Errol? I'm all right, mate. Just trying to get to uh, Christmas, mate. Making sure that all of our ducks are in a row. Mm-hmm. Make sure that I'm on Santa's good list this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, last year I didn't get much from Santa. Yeah, just um, some of that sweet, sweet coal. Well, you know, coal is what powers, you know, the country. That's what puts electricity into every yuppie's Tesla from mm-hmm. bloody West End to Double Bay to Fitzroy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a harsh reality. Yeah. And, you know, this year we might be getting solar panels if you haven't been a good boy. So, um... you know, they only last for 10 years and then you got to replace them. And there's a lot of embedded energy in those. So I don't think they're too green either. Embedded energy is a new term. I'm liking this. Is embedded a... energy. Yeah, I like it. It's a, uh, it's a new talking point. But, you know, this is really, we're not here for the culture wars today. We're here for the culture. And uh, we've got an, a return guest uh, joining us today, Hal Lada Kefu. Thank you for joining us, Howie. Oh man, I feel I feel honoured. Yeah, you it's know, a, like a returning guest. Is that, I mean, surely there's not many. Yeah, no, there's not, not many. many. There's, there's, it's an elite list. Bam Bam's been on about five times. <laughs> um, is that was that by invite yeah, or he's just like he rocks up? up one day? We, oh, we need to get one in, so we'll get one in the can with you. <laughs> Big up Bam Bam. <laughs> yeah, all day. Yeah, and then um, and then. Becky Lucas and yep. then Lech Blaine. That's about it. Most people Oof. are... Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think we've had Hamish Blake twice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. One was by phone call when we were real green. And uh, obviously... No, that was when he came in and he said the C word off the bat. Yeah. We were like, we're not used to hearing someone like you <laughs> know who's on the radio and has a show about Lego to come in <laughs> and just say... Dropping the C-bomb. Oh, first up. Yeah, we're all we're all jacked up. We had to get out of the system. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, and that's what we like to do here. We like to cast a wider net and let people kind of be themselves. And how when we first had you on, there was a lot happening in the world. You obviously, and we'll get into it. You've just released a book about you know your career and Mm. the life and times. But you are a pioneer of hip hop in Australia, and I don't say that lightly. There would be a few names we'd point to, but you would be the first. And when we last spoke, you know, there was a rise of a lot of things happening that you were directly involved with. Namely, I mean, at that point, the Kid Leroy was still running around Waterloo, you know? Yeah. But 1-4 were on the way up and all these different things were happening in Australian hip-hop. Since then, you've written a book. The book's out now. King. I'm letting everyone have it. You're letting everyone have it. But look (laughs) at what's happened to the scene. It's almost like I, I reckon there would be 200 more bands. And we're not talking like... Indie, you might catch them at a gig. We're talking about big numbers. What has the last two years been like in your industry? Yeah, super well. You know, I guess it's it, it was a bit here and there. You know, obviously going through the pandemic, it, it kind of slowed down. But I think it hip hop has always been such a, a, a do it yourself mm. culture. Mm-hmm. So you know, even though we couldn't go out there and perform shows, you know, and, and sometimes we couldn't even go out there to the studio or even um, shoot videos. Mm. But you know, people with the home setups were just pumping it out yeah. you know, just writing recording and throwing things out and yeah super exciting especially since that last time uh you know i came through 
just seeing uh, the, the scene as a whole, not only with artists, but people in media, you know, like people going into management, into, you know, kind of record labels and um, shout out to, you know, people like Loopy and Adit. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of came up together. Horror show, Spit Syndicate. Yeah, yeah, you know, just seeing them kind of evolve into, into their roles. And, you know, it's not only the musicians that are having their time in the sun, it's the executives and, yeah. and you know, people behind the scenes. So super exciting. I want to talk about, the history here, mm. obviously, you're you're and as as I've just opened with, you're someone that everyone nods to. Um, you're someone that a 16 year old kid knows your name. What is it like? Do you get that feeling when you go check something out? Go check out a gig. You know, it could be in Sydney, could be in Brisbane. Do you know that there's a feeling in the room when someone's seen you there? Yeah, you know, I, I've been making music and you know for years and identifying it you know and it's yeah it, it is still a trip when mm-hmm. people come up to you and say oh you know introduce yourself and oh we know what you did blah 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 um and it is uh you know i think early on in my career you know just rolling with certain people when that kind of happened you <laughs> it was a bit i mean i think spanier was talking about too you don't know whether these guys are trying to start you or, or <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. admiring you but yeah. as you get older obviously you step into these spaces and and, and people are, are super respectful mm-hmm. you know and I mean, even if they don't like what I do, they understand, mm. you know, that you know, the, the name has weight. And, mm. uh, and yeah, like, it's interesting, you know, you talked about 16-year-olds and, you know, I, I work with a lot of artists that are around that age and even the early 20s and now I'm there, like, same age as their, their parents or yeah, their uncles. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. So after all of this, uh, what prompted you to, you know, feel that it was the time to write a memoir? You know, to be honest, I I didn't. It's uh, you know, big shout out to Christopher Riley, the co-author, and it was his idea. Um, yeah, right. You know, to be honest, when he approached me about it, I didn't think my story was interesting enough to to be in a book and think people would want to read it. But you know, he thought otherwise, and so did my wife, and they changed my minds. And and as we the, throughout the process, it was really kind of the first time I was able to sit back and. Be like, oh shit, yeah, no, nah, I did do some things. It's and, been a ride. Yeah, you know, and I think from the outside looking in, people will find it interesting, and mm. and it's awesome that people have you know hit me up about the book and saying that you know that they're not familiar with the hip hop culture or even Pacifica culture, but yep. they they find stories in there that that resonate with them, and uh, I love hearing that. When you say Pacifica culture, I mean, I always think back to the Gang of Years when they won Album of the Year. The yeah, Arias. Man, that's a, I actually like mentioned that in the in the audiobook. Because yeah. I did the audiobook as yeah, well. Yeah, right, right. And there's some, some bonus stories I, I threw in there and, and that moment was, yeah. was one of them. David Lepepe when he said we don't have to be bouncers, we don't yeah. have to be footy players. Yeah. And then everyone kinda of laughs and he's like, No, no, I'm serious. No, I'm yeah, like, serious. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the industry wasn't ready to hear it. Like obviously no, they're like no. and, and, and you know, and that's been a thought in the community for yeah. for a long time. But yeah. you know, we have to do the work as well. Yeah. I want to talk too, because it's not, I mean, obviously there has been a rise in, a meteoric rise in Polynesian musicians mm. in Australia, um, pretty much starting with you. And then from that moment when, you know, Le Pepe made it clear, I think it was already in the works. And then we've just seen it one after another, one after another, in terms of not just hip hop, all kinds of genres. Mm. But you have come from, you know, a, a background in hip hop. In your book, you say you're the only Tongans on the block. Mm-hmm. We're the only Tongans on the block in the in the Australian hip hop scene. Well, it was interesting back then. They were kind of, you know, there was a, a like a Pacific scene. Mm-hmm. People like Six Pound like was really big in that scene. Mm-hmm. 
but I wasn't really part of that scene, yeah. funnily enough, because I, my, you know, I rapped like my natural accent, yeah. and they were kind of rapping with yeah. American, and they were influenced by other things, but I was more kind of in the circles of like the hoods and, yeah. and things like that. So there were a lot of other Tongan artists, but kind of in that scene, uh, I was the only one. And even you know, there was only a few DJs, and maybe you know, like shout out to MC Trade, you know, Fijian background. She was she was around then too. So. But, you know, it was a different time then, too. Like, it was very multicultural and very small and very intimate, but there was a lot of love back then. Sure. We, we spoke to the Hoods not long ago, and they, we asked them what did the scene look like early days in Adelaide. And they said, yeah. lots of rooms of men. That's yeah. what they said. I mean, I guess that's the graffiti element, yeah, too. Yeah, where definitely. Like, you know, you're not really bringing your miso to a gig nah, with you. you and, you. and the girls aren't coming early days anyway. But yeah. And you know, even the girls they would rock up their like full tracksuit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the graffiti artists. Yeah, and, and they'll probably like throw throw down with you <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. We're trying to talk to them. <laughs> but there is a DNA which a lot of I think a lot of the young kids do know, especially the ones coming through now, where there might be completely different sounds from mm. you know hilltop hoods to chilling it to you know whoever's coming through now. But there is a DNA, and 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 I do think they do acknowledge it. You, you don't think they think oh we've invented this uh the, the new artists like the drill and the and the you know the, um, and the kids who are blowing yeah, up on youtube I, I think that you know there's a few it's removed like you know like like a chilling it right he he always says that he listened to a horror show and mm-hmm. and obviously horror show we're listening to the hoods and you know mm-hmm. so there is that kind of yeah. dna that, that kind of goes through the like the fa- part of the fabric um i mean even if you look at like Hefs and and you know the one fours, you could probably connect them to the enters and to the curses yep. in in a way. Even though they don't make similar music, but yep. you know you can't deny that they kind of you know Sesk and all those guys broke down, well kind of paved the way a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. even if they didn't listen to them religiously, like by some way they're related. Bam Bam said it to us himself. He said the first time they have even as little you know lads. Western Sydney Eshays. He said the first moment for them was Cursor. Yeah. Cursor is the sickest. The moment they saw that on YouTube, it actually validated Mm. their whole thing, their accents, the way they dressed, everything. It became like a scene in a moment. Do you remember the moment for you guys when, you know, it felt like, oh, no, this is the Australian hip-hop scene? You know, cool. it's not just coolism. It's not just whatever happened in WA at the time. It's not just Brad Strutt. It's like we actually have a validation here i guess you can look at that in a couple of ways you know we can look at you know radio kind of coming in and yep. showing their support you know the is kind of acknowledging okay like we have to urban uh, yeah you know <laughs> introduce a, urban album <laughs> yeah you know introduce a category yeah. you know um and you know we can talk about the hoods too like yeah. just, just blowing up and mm-hmm. and you know we may have talked about it before but i do talk about it in the book just seeing them go from strength to strength yeah. and just, you know, because we had people like 1200 Techniques and Resin Dogs, kind of groups like that, uh, avalanches, like kind of breaking through. But yeah, once the hoods came through, it was yeah. just like, oh, okay, like we're, we're out of here. Like, yeah, you know, like they all play again, playing on commercial radio, you know, people that... Splendor headlining. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. yeah, all those festival runs and, you know, just even people that don't even listen to hip-hop with listening to it. They'd know how to whistle it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, there was one part of the book that interests me about when you were talking about going to play a gig in Katoomba and places <laughs> like that, like, and then you went on to play at the Gaelic Club. 
what was it like playing in these like smaller places like Katoomba back then? Like, was there much of a scene in like? Yeah, there actually was. You know, like because you think about Blue Mountains, yeah, and the artists that came, to, like Earth Boys, mm. Hermitude, yeah. Uh, Blue Mountains actually has a stash. It of does, talent, man. It? Like you, you know, I mean, they obviously all came here at, mm. at some point, but yeah. the electrics, like all these youngs were coming through and there was i mean it was small admittedly yeah. but it was very hearty you know like mm. they were very supportive and passionate and yeah you'd play at the i think it's katoomba hotel and i just remember it was just super freezing but people would just <laughs> rock up and just party out and like be heaving inside and then you walk out and you're kind of like frozen and, <laughs> yeah so yeah. one of those cigarettes that last like three drives <laughs> yeah. Back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah tell us i mean katoomba is an interesting one Queen Bee in itself has always had a bit of a scene too. I mean, I mean obviously, you, you came out of there and you're, you're you're the face of it in many ways. Uh, alongside you hear that, Emma, alongside, you hear that? Yeah, yeah, you hear that, Luxa? Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's Ricky Stewart, it's Howie, it's... Uh, David Campese. Campese. Campo, you know. And Mark Webber. <laughs> Mark Webber. Yeah. George Lazenby, you yeah. know, like... John Barillaro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we went to the same high school, eh? <laughs> of course, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, but there is, uh, you know, there's different scenes. What what other places surprised you? Because you know, I know, mm. I know, no one has ever said this, but when you've really rusted on as a hip hop artist in Australia, I think a lot of them realise their bread and butter is in these rural hubs. Yeah. Tamworth shows sell out for Cursor. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, where have you seen these? Like, well, any show will sell out for Cursor. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was always interesting when we did tours and went to Perth. Yeah. Because then you'd go to Bun, uh, not Bunbury, um, Bunbury. Bunbury. In yeah. Perth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, like you drive out to Bunbury. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I went on the the Resin Dogs tour and um, it was Resin Dogs and it was us. And part of the Resin Dogs crew was Abstract Rude, who's a you know African-American from, uh, I think maybe South Central or something like that. So he's, you know, he's like kind of militant, you know, he's proper black mm. dude. And then... Yeah, just got, seeing he's got an him American walk, accent. Yeah, yeah, you know, long dreads like yeah. down to his ass, you know, and he sticks out like a sword. Even in the yeah. city, you'd yeah. see him be like, "Oh, where's he from?" <laughs> and just seeing him walk around uh, Bunbury, like yeah. he'd walk around, and go, "Oh yeah, Bumburi," you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like he'd be feeling like he's probably yeah. down south, so he's just like, "Wow, where are we?" But he'd he'd love it because yeah, it's yeah. funny to him, yeah. you know, like Frio, of course, and, and what's the other one? Bustleton, is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. Yep. Adelaide is a, the fact that the hoods come out of the yeah. hilltops. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a it's a bizarre little kind of um, chasms and veins you find throughout the country. Um, I know there's something happening in North Queensland right now too. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ipswich has certainly had its moment. Switch, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Sudanese, what are they called? Swish. Yeah, Swish. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I've been seeing them around. Tell me now, though, when when did you feel like this is something I'm going to be able to do after music? By the way, I know you haven't hung up the microphone just yet, but yeah, oh, in terms of oh, like it, no longer making music and yeah. working in hip hop without making music, when did you realize that was going to be a thing? Yeah, just, um, well, coming out of being an artist, like yeah, uh, yeah like so yeah, I think like doing radio, mm. like working at Triple J, I was, I was still an artist when when I started, and and even like throughout um, my time there, uh, was an artist, but then I was able to. You know, and then become, becoming a mentor kind of happened, mm -hmm. like, naturally. Because, you know, obviously when you're doing the show, people are asking for opinion and mm -hmm. feedback. And then, 
you know, have this dialogue with all these young artists and you, then you realize, oh, I'm actually contributing to mm-hmm. their development. And, um, and that just kind of grew and grew and, you know, met people like Turquoise Prince, you know, mm-hmm. kind of took him under my wing and then mm-hmm. meet people like Remy and Sampa and, you know, sometimes with Leroy and then obviously one four And, yeah, I, I was very fortunate that I was able to evolve on my watch yeah. as well. Evolve, you know? evolve what you could see happening yeah scene. yeah yeah, yeah seeing still staying tapped in but also knowing like oh okay i don't have to be artist to be involved yeah in this culture you know and also you know with hip-hop it you know suffers from ageism you know yeah. we're, we're kind of coming out of that now yeah seeing people like jay-z and nas and yeah yeah still yeah. doing things yeah. um forever ever yeah <laughs> yeah you know so yeah and just be able to grow older in age but still kind of bring the wisdom and, and knowledge and experiences to you know, to the younger younger generations. And, and you know, I always mention it, you know, I, I never had that growing up. No. So I yeah, knew Yeah, it that. starts with you guys, right? Yeah. There was no, there was no old heads before you yeah. guys. Yeah, well, there, there, there were like, because, you know, we were the tail end of that first generation. Yeah. But, you know, they kind of did their thing, whether it was hip hop or graffiti or just street shit, but then wouldn't move on from there. Mm. Like we didn't have anyone kind of moving into radio or yep. into, you know, like um, record labels or management. No. You know, we're kind of that generation that's been able to do that. And, you know, in the States and the UK, they've done that for years. Yeah. And now we're getting to, to be a part of, you know, to build that kind of structure here in Australia. I do remember my first Coolism. I wouldn't be able to tell you the name of the song, but I remember it was on Napster. So sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Taking like 10 years to download something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah dad's, dad can't make a phone call for the next fucking 30 minutes because I'm downloading one song. And I do remember going to some of those early gigs. I might have even been at that Resin Dog mm. tour. What I loved about it then was this kind of infantile scene had all these influences that you don't really see elsewhere in the world, particularly people that paint trains. Yeah are directly involved in hip-hop in Australia. And the, it was so punchy in the, in the <laughs> sense that, like, you know, these guys already have things that kind of they punch on over, which is yeah. graffiti. I, I often and laugh because, yeah. you know, yeah. I grew up with writers and I always say it's a mug sport, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, like, you know, everything we talk, on the line. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we talk about the kind of, you know, the, the beef and the tension nowadays in, in the hip-hop culture, but, man, that's just part and parcel with graffiti, like, See, it's on site. Yeah, it is. You I know, remember seeing it. It's just, they run across the room yeah, each other yeah. and start punching on. Yeah. You know, because when you're like capping someone, that's just like the ultimate yeah. disrespect. And then when you see him out, yeah, it, like you said, it's just on. What's that sledge they, toy. Toy. Your yeah, toy. toy. That is it, right? That's the, that's fighting words. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you, you bite, like those biter, your toy, like <laughs> they were like fighting words. Yeah. And, and you know, the, these weren't just like, normal punch-ons either like sometimes they'll be carrying like a knife or a screwdriver or you know because you know a lot of them are not that big either so they're just going to use anything and everything backpack full of iron lack cans yeah you know like man yeah and yeah very sketchy characters (laughs) although but iron lack can be used for other things like spray painting your furniture you know i don't want to uh, i thought you're gonna say like you remember people used to spray it in the bags yeah and like huffing yeah old-fashioned huffing Huffing. yeah you see people walk around yeah silver around silver on the on the the lips yeah that was a very 90s thing wasn't it (laughs) but the scene has evolved and i think what's made it so much richer and actually been able to kind of expand from these poor publicans 
these poor publicans that would agree to a hip hop gig and their bathrooms would just get demolished with graffiti. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, it was, and, that then, was... and then their patrons would get demolished by the New South Wales police force as well. As they yeah. were leaving. I mean, yeah, that, that was. It was a fun time. It was a fun, it was a yeah. You kind of had to kind of respect about the same time. The publicans, the publicans who had a bit of you know, and there were a few around Sydney. There were a few around. um, I remember in Fortitude Valley, the zoo was one big venue that jumped on, and they just said, "Mate, we can paint over the bathroom. These kids are coming here and drinking all night and and making music and playing music, and it brings quite a scene, especially when the radio starts playing all this stuff." Mm. But the different influences have come through bit by bit. What have you seen have been the biggest influences that inform the current scene now? Obviously, there's a fair bit of England, but I also think the the you know the the oh, yeah. ballet clavers and flares. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm at a Wanderers match, but <laughs> the, um, the also the idea of uh, you know different nationalities, different mm. backgrounds. I didn't see any Sudanese kids involved, you know, back in the day, and mm. that you know this is all progress and this is all the rich tapestry of hip hop, mm. as you said, been happening in England for years. But yeah. there's completely different sounds that come with completely different cities mm. and completely different crews. What do you think's happening right now? Yeah, think? yeah, and I definitely think it is. You know, it comes with generations because mm. you know we had kind of like the South Sudanese like refugees mm-hmm. coming through, and then you see the, their children, mm-hmm. and they're they're growing up on different music. They're not growing up on necessarily cursor or hilltop hoods. Yeah, yeah. They're now growing up on like Young Thug or Harlem Spartans. Harlem, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Harlem Spartans. You know, and it's it's a beautiful theme because there are, you know, it, it's hip hop is funny because. We're so hell bent on being anti-establishment, but then we have these unwritten laws that you have to abide by. They have to conform. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and and if you you know if you you know go against them, then you you're finished. But I think it's a beautiful thing. Like just you know we talked about off air, like kids being able to shoot a video down at the Willamalu uh, Wharf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. you can you can actually do anything you want, and that you know it is a bit of the wild wild west, but it, it's beautiful because people just feel passionate and and courageous enough to to do that and whether it's being influenced by the uk or the us or wherever you know there are no rules yeah yeah well as you wrote in the book the scenes come a long way from when you know the cat empire was once (laughs) considered urban (laughs) but they were always world music no well like (laughs) world music i don't even know if that was a category then it wasn't really until the calling really that Australian hip-hop really hit the mainstream. What was that moment like when The Calling came out and all of a sudden you're hearing Australian hip-hop in taxis? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, because it was... Yeah, you know, and it was crazy because, you know, we grew up, we grew up together, the Hoods and, mm. and, and us and, and, you know, a few others. And to see one of us make it mm. was, was very liberating you know it was like oh yeah it's one of us you yeah. know they're out there and they're they're breaking down barriers for the rest of us to come through and it was it was very you know because you know you'd walk through a mall and like every shop is playing hip-hop or yeah. r&b even and just to see that change was was, was awesome to see mm. because we were no longer having to kind of defend the music we yeah, were listening yeah. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. you know people just understood yeah, yeah it was uh, exciting times you've, what's that one the, the old queen being classic you've done well for yourself haven't you <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> scrubbed up all right you've done well for yourself yeah you know and um yeah and even to go back to those towns and you know it, it's funny you know you talk about like queensland and, and influence uh you know we, we talk about the influence of the west you know you can go to 
to Queensland where it's like 40 degrees, but they still wear like head to toe tracksuits. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've seen that happen too. Because like, back in the day, the boys used to wear the dickies, dickies at the Timberlands, and, and, and yeah. now they've just gone, they've kind of followed Sydney's lead and yeah. they're going full tracksuits. Black, black socks with the Chuck Taylors. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, no, well, no, there's one thing golf. I've always wondered though, because you know, as a person who grew up on Slim Dusty and Van Morrison, <laughs> uh, when the calling came oh, geez, out, that yeah. was uh, that was you know, it was obviously very new for for me. But one thing that always confused me was what's the go with like the anime and them being obsessed with like swords and shit like that. <laughs> i mean like that is very interesting because when I, I mean like if anyone knows it's probably you like D or something yeah or like the wu-tangs you know like, <laughs> like they're always there's a martial arts element yeah yeah, yeah. yeah well i kind of i like martial arts but the whole medieval thing that they they came through with, yeah. Like, yeah it was very interesting like the first time i saw like was it matter of time the ep and it had those drawings i was like what is going on here it's like <laughs> yeah. very gothic but yeah, that whole anime thing, yeah, it's a crack off. And you've seen it now in, um, like, those Penrith Panthers lads are all into their kind of... Yeah, with their boombox coming yeah, through. Yeah, with, but also with the anime and, the, oh, and they've yeah, got their yeah, cartoon yeah. characters oh, themselves yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah, too. Yeah. It's all... But that wasn't, you're right, that was a moment. It was the blues coming through into the into the change rooms and they were blasting on the boombox, yeah. you know, um, To'o and, and Luai. It is now a great opportunity for Australia to see how hip-hop is one of those genres that blends perfectly with sport and fashion not many do you know what i mean iggy pop might have been able to put him in a gucci campaign and yeah, yeah. you know and he's down there watching the soccer. you know you can get the oasis iggy pop yeah yeah but um gallagher's watching soccer you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah, but yeah. the the fact that we have a genre like this where um we're now seeing in the highlight reels in the nrl and the afl um and the, and the super rugby of you know australian drill rap or australian hip-hop uh, the boys are all doing, you know, sponsorship deals with mm. different sportswear and luxury sportswear, mind you. <laughs> um, it's all happening and there's a fair bit of money going around. Are, are you happy to see the kids getting paid? Because you guys were bumping in, bumping <laughs> out, you you know, in vans. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. You know, mm. like if there's money to be made, you know, a lot of that money should go to, mm. to these guys that are mm. doing the work because everyone wants to be associated with with the artists because they're, they're cool. You know, you see, you know, I see Hooligan Hef's like Insta stories. He's in the, the Roosters box <laughs> watching the game. He's and, got the brand new veneers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to the veneers, man. Must have been gone up the, the yeah, through I the know. roof, 100% the last Mars, couple of years. Scotty Marsh said that when he goes out and meets a bunch of, uh, you know, lads out west, they're painting trains and they've all got game show smiles. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's very true. You know, like it's all curses. Got a new set as well. And yeah, good on him, man. You know, yeah, like when Spenny, Spenny got his done, I was like, oh, what? what's nice. going on here? But, you know, <laughs> it's money well spent, yeah, I, mean, I yeah. guess, you know. I was saying, Bam Bam probably can't do it. He'll lose yeah, one because nah. lose them all. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is awesome to see, you know, people getting these deals and everything. I, I just hope, you know, the, these corporations like really invest in them, yeah. not just like throwing them some Sh- shirts. hits and shit, yeah. 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 You, you rattled off a few names that you said you felt honoured to be able to have worked with. Those are some serious feathers in your cap. You know what I mean? Well, let's let's talk about the biggest names in music in the world right now. One of them's Kid Leroy. Yeah. You were there at the start. I remember I remember three years ago, four, might have even been longer. I remember you were the one that brought him into the studio with one four. They ended up doing oh, a song yeah. together. How did those moments feel when you see that, that raw talent right in front of you? 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, you're probably not thinking at the time this is going to be a Justin no. Bieber collaboration right here. <laughs> this little kid wearing a bunny's oh, tracksuit. Gonna... Working with uh, well, what's her name? Like Billy Sa- Miley Cyrus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to see him on SNL with Elon Musk <laughs> yeah, and Miley yeah. Cyrus. <laughs> I'm just seeing now. <laughs> and then he's going to go on to buy Twitter. No. Um, <laughs> well, you know, uh, Ricky. Ricky was the one that brought Leroy in, and you know, shout to Ziggy as well. Like he was looking after Leroy too. And, you know, I mean, I was around there, but there were definitely people that were close to him yeah. and, and, and worked with him a lot longer. But, yeah, just being in the studio with 1-4 and him. And, you know, I tell a lot of people, like, you, you definitely saw that he was going to be something, mm-hmm. you know. And, like, same with Sampa the Great. When I first saw Sampa, I was like, man, she is something special yeah. happening. And She's um, flown out of Australia. Like, she's, she's international now. Yeah, yeah. She's got, like, people like Will Smith posting music, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And yeah, Leroy, because you know, I think also because he was 14, yeah, 13, 14, when and, and you'd see him everywhere, you know, sneaking into clubs, sneaking in clubs and in, into festivals, <laughs> wherever you know, like Nookie would take him around as well. And but to see his work ethic in the studio was, yeah, kind of solidified, like, yeah, he's gonna go somewhere because he wasn't just in there, like, yeah, check me out, I'm the cool rapper dude. Yeah. He was in there working, working the computer, go back to the mic, record, go back to... He was just constant and always singing and rapping. And yeah. I know everyone, like even 1-4 was saying afterwards, they learned a lot mm. watching him record because he would just go in there, kind of mumble stuff, not even put words to it yeah. and then figure out the words later and just yeah. be constant. Yeah. And he would do that every day. I remember I, I was lucky enough, Nookie teed us up with tickets to... Um the Wu-Tang at the Opera House and the the kid before when he was very much the kid Leroy was sitting next to us and I remember seeing him throughout the gig I mean, I'm sitting there watching it I remember seeing him just writing notes right. writing, writing stuff down it would have been 14 it was yeah prepubescent you know like hadn't had the growth spurts was still there with the bunnies beanie and was just <laughs> sitting there sitting there writing notes writing notes and that, that kind of I mean that speaks to a kid that knows that there's a pathway you know what I mean yeah there wasn't really one for you guys. It was, it was. Let's just keep the tide rises together. But it was a grind. It was a grind. Yeah. You know, he, he actually in his mind had LA. Yeah, like again, he's, you just you cross that kind of talent mm. maybe once, twice, three yeah, times right. in your lifetime. Yeah, and you know, of course, other people around him gave him that courage to mm. to dream that as yeah. well. You know, he was looking up to the Manu Crooks and yeah. all those artists, and and they would kind of foster his talents and nurture and. But yeah, you, you still have to have something in you to feel like, nah, I'm gonna. This is what I'm. I mean, I had that in high school. Like, I mean, all I knew was I wanted to be a rapper. Yep. But I still had that vision. Like, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Besides playing rugby, like, I just want to be a rapper. But you know, we build this thing, and 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 it gives the courage for the young next generations yep. to go. Oh, they did that. Cool. I can get there. I'm sure I can get to the next spot. Yeah. And he just thought fifty steps ahead. And yeah. He was ready for it as well. We haven't even touched on the, you know, the very personal themes in your, in your memoirs, and you know, there's there's a lot more to you than just the music. There's, you know, there's obviously the word king. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Is that is that your? Yeah. Your, so the title last... of king was that was my wife's idea actually because we were thinking about titles and and she said king and I was like, nah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I was just like, man, how how am I gonna look? 
coming out with a book with king you know like you don't call yourself king people call you you know like appoint you the king and she's like no because of your name so my name how it like translates to king and my full name langomia how is helper of the king uh that name was given to me by my uncle sione who's a historian and he was working for the king at the time so that's how he got me the king and and then there's also like you know the king you know the elder statesman in hip-hop but also the beauty of nurturing the next kings yeah. and queens and you know the king maker yeah the king maker and for me that's the exciting part yeah. mm. there's a lot in this story to tell and i'm particularly love reading about the the tongan australian experience mm. i think that's something we haven't even touched into we can see the here and now with polynesians in australia mm. but we don't often hear the stories are coming up we spoke a lot about it last time we had you on but um how does it feel now seeing you know so much culture in the mainstream you know i'm just thinking about that match the other night sorry by the way um <laughs> you know, one point in it i still, still found you raw <laughs> yeah, I, know, I don't know if you slept much that night <laughs> one point some old tonga it's a tough day that day yeah the memes were flying picking <laughs> fast yeah. yeah but just yeah just this uh, the fact that there are now little kids you know who aren't tongan running around who mm. know tongan words who know yeah. you know no tongan i mean even yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know? like even for me to go to a Lego store with my kids and they're able to pick up Moana Lego. Yeah, like that to me is I was my mind blown. I mean, even just Disney doing that movie. Mm. So to see it kind of come through and, and represented in in the mainstream is, is such a beautiful thing because you know obviously growing up in Queanbeyan seventies and eighties and even nineties, you know, it was very rare. Yeah. You would say from Tonga and they're like, Where's that? Yeah. Is that near What's Macedonia? That? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Shout out to the to the Macos <laughs> the Maco community in Queanbeyan. And then you'd probably see the you know like one Tongan player like Siona Pifita used to yeah. play for Dragon. You know, like it was just very rare to yeah. see it around and, and now it's just so ingrained it's on. And, yeah. you know you go to New Zealand and you would see it yeah you know obviously because it's just a, a deeper history there but now you, you see more, like even now I see Islanders on, on ads yeah you know and yeah. I'm just like before like oh wow. yeah. oh I see that guy <laughs> yeah. now it's kind of becoming a bit more normal which yeah. I love you know and like my daughter's involved in, in TV like ads and stuff too and just to see pictures come through and they're oh, looking for mm-hmm. young Pacific, you know, Islander. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, yeah, very beautiful. And it's not just footy. And it's not just footy and it's not forced either. This, yeah. this is what the suburbs look like now. And, you know, Heartbreak High is a good testament to that. I don't know if, you know, you would address the same way as a young man. <laughs> <laughs> no. Bump. <laughs> or go to the same harborside mansions <laughs> yeah, yeah. for your parties. And that's what I, you know, do you say bump? Yeah, like, bump, bump was That a, is, yeah. that to me... Is an awesome show because he had the Islander friend and he was just a friend. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. the Islander, like yeah. home and away. Oh, he's the, here comes the crib. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. he was just a mate who happened to be an Islander. Yeah. And like you said, it's just not forced. It's yeah. awesome to see. Yeah. Well, this entire scene has been forced by you. <laughs> how I would say you've done, you've done the hard yards and you've been on the ground from almost the very start. So congratulations for that. Congratulations for where it's at now and all the best with the book. Thank you. I appreciate you guys and you yeah. know, being on that elite list of you know, second comers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Return, and the book's out yes. now. Yeah, yeah, books books out. out now. The audio book. I I read the whole thing. I'm yeah. not sure if I'll ever do an audio book again after that experience, but yeah. it was a good one. Can you just read that again for us, please? Help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like it was like that. That's just how I talk. <laughs> Beauty. Thanks, man. Thank you. Appreciate it.